0: You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network.
1: And welcome to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, episode 71, for October 28th, 2015. I'm your host, Chris Webster. On today's show, we talk to Dr. Randy McGuire, professor for the MA in Public Anthropology Program at Binghamton University. This sounds like a solid program for someone interested in a graduate degree relating to CRM. It's also, as you'll hear, somewhat of a backdoor into Southwestern Archaeology. So tell your friends that you're going to be their boss someday, and go fill out your grad school application, because the CRM Archaeology Podcast starts right now. Hello, everyone. Joining me today is Bill in Arizona. Hello. Oh. And Chris Sims in Ridgecrest, California. Hi. All right. And joining us to talk about the new MA program at uh, Binghamton University in New York State is Dr. Randy McGuire. Welcome to the podcast, Randy. How's it going?
2: It's going well, thank you, Chris.
1: Awesome. All right. So before we get into this, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, so we know, so we know who we're talking to and uh, and what your background is.
2: Okay. Well, I'm I'm currently a distinguished professor of anthropology at Binghamton University. Um, I'm originally from the West. I'm originally from Fort Collins, Colorado, and I did my BA at the University of Texas and my MA and PhD at the University of Arizona. My own field work is primarily in northern Mexico, Sonora, Mexico, just south of Arizona. Um, I've been, I have been—I was uh, started my career in archaeology and contract archaeology, and I did about uh, six years working primarily for the Arizona State Museum and also for Arizona State University, I did about six years, six seven years, and I was everything from a field tech to a uh, principal investigator, um, and that that uh, in part relates to some of my um, interests in the in the program we've set up at Binghamton.
1: Well, let's let's get into that program um, first. Tell everybody who who may not be aware of this where Binghamton, New York, is. That's up upstate New York, right?
2: Yeah, Binghamton, New York is uh, upstate New York. We're actually very clear, uh, very close to the Pennsylvania border, north of Scranton. where um, I live, uh, well, you only have to go about 10 or 15 miles south of campus, near in Pennsylvania.
1: Okay. All right. Well, let's kick this off. And why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about the program? Like, for example, you know, what, what type of program is what it's called first off, so people can find it, and then uh, a little bit about the program, like how. Uh, I would say, how old it is, you know, how long it's been around, and then we'll get into some more questions after that.
2: Okay, the the program is officially called an MA in Public Archaeology. It is part of our, uh, you know, it's, it's a track in our normal uh, master's degree. Uh, the program is quite new. Uh, we will be accepting students next year. Uh, however, uh, training people to work in CRM is not new. We, we've been doing that at Binghamton University since the 1970s. Uh, Binghamton was actually a pioneer in the Northeast in contract archaeology, modern contract archaeology, when it was set up in the 70s. Uh, I wasn't there then, but uh, uh, there were people doing it. And so we have, uh, over the years, trained uh, many, many, many uh, uh, archaeologists who currently work in CRM, both uh, primarily in the eastern United States, but uh, uh, other places across the country mm-hmm. also. And we decided a couple of years ago that we wanted to formalize that training in a program. We, we have a well-established record. We have a uh, functioning contract archaeology program, in other words, a public archaeology facility that does contract archaeology. And it's actually one of the first that was established, again, under the modern uh, regime of uh, cultural resource management in the mid-1970s. Okay. Um, and uh, so that's been an integral part of the uh, integral relationship to the department. Uh, so in many ways, what we're doing with this program is not starting something new so much as formalizing something we've been doing for a very long time.
1: You guys have been doing contract archaeology from the university up in the, you know, since the 70s. That's a very northeastern thing, isn't it? It seems like a number of universities up there nowadays, anyway, have CRM firms.
2: Yeah, well, it was originally, you know, CRM actually started universities and then for a variety of reasons that probably go beyond what we want to talk about here. Uh, one after another, they dropped them. I mean, most of uh, most of my time in CRM, I was working either for the Arizona State Museum, which is part of the University of Arizona, or for Arizona State University, neither of which now have contract programs.
1: Okay. Yeah, you're right. That might be a good topic for a, another podcast I've been working on in the background, but I'll talk to you about that later. <laughs> um, let's get into this. I'd be glad to. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get into this right now. So, so, when did you guys start the the master's program? Well, first off, what is the master's program called? Because it is a is an MA in um, public archaeology, correct?
2: Yeah, that is the title, public archaeology, because we uh, wanted to, you know, definitely prepare people to work in CRM, but we also wanted to uh, also prepare people who might want to work in museums or, uh, you know, with historical societies or a variety of different kind of heritage uh, related, archaeologically related uh, careers.
1: So do you, do you have the ability as a student to focus your studies um, via electives and, and coursework in a certain direction within that program?
2: Uh, yes and no. I mean, I, the more accurate way to put it would be that we, uh, I mean, we feel that, uh, of course, CRM, the core of CRM is heritage. That's why CRM exists. That's why the National, the national Historic Preservation Act exists, is to preserve the heritage of the United States. Mm-hmm. And so we feel that uh, you know that people should be trained in that. You know, it's not just a matter of training people, training people as technicians.
1: Okay. Now, keeping that in mind, you're you're teaching people at the graduate level. So, you know, when uh-huh. somebody comes out, when somebody obviously comes out with a graduate degree in CRM, they're looking for management type positions. Typically, not all the time, especially out here in the West, but but typically they're looking to move up into management positions. What kind of courses do you have that? that help them in that role? Not just like, you know, the theory classes and stuff like that, but, um, do you have any courses that are designed, uh, maybe towards CRM managers or, or focus on that and, and help them to that goal?
2: Yeah, we, we have a course, uh, the title of which I should have in front of me, but I <laughs> I'm afraid I didn't uh, bring with me. Uh, but we, we have a course that we've actually taught, uh, for the entire time I've been there. So like for 20 years, okay. which is exactly oriented towards that. Um, and, uh, so it's an already existing course, and then uh, it is required—you uh, know—would be required for the same degree.
1: Okay. And your other your other instructors in that course—they um, come with a with a CRM background, um, probably within the university. But do they have something without the uh, you know outside the university as well as a background?
2: Oh yeah. Uh, the, uh, the the primary instructor for that course is uh, Nina Saji, who runs sure. a public archaeology uh, facility. So she is an active, uh, you know, she's active in CRM and, and well known in the Northeast. Uh, if that the course we're talking about is actually not one that I teach. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we we definitely have, uh, the you know, the people teaching the the person teaching the course is a person who is also managing an active CRM program.
1: Nice. And what's your what's your class size? Like, how many people do you take in every semester for this program?
2: Uh, we're we're planning on uh, admitting about seven or eight students a year.
1: Okay. That's a good that's a good size. Nice and nice and small. Keeps it uh keeps it fresh.
2: Yeah, I think one of the I think one of the advantages we have here is first of all we, we do have a long history of doing CRM, so mm-hmm. we're active in it. Uh which means we have a, a great network of alumni who are actively involved in CRM, again primarily in the Eastern United States, but not only. Also all we have uh five North American archaeologists. And all five of us have uh, extensive CRM experience, uh, you, know, I mean, you know, on the order of six, seven, eight, ten years. Um, and um, so I think this gives us, uh, you know, puts us in a good position to, to um, you know, help people and train people for CRM. Okay,
1: nice. And, you know, get this out of the way at the top of the show, too. Uh, what is the, do you know off the top of your head what the date is for getting your application in for the following year?
2: Oh uh we uh we would like to have applications by mid february but we will accept applications all through to, till the summer.
1: Oh okay nice nice. Yeah. All right. So it's
2: it's uh, fairly open.
1: Okay. And this is a this is a typical master's degree program with uh uh a thesis requirement and um things like that I assume.
2: We do have a thesis requirement. We thought about that very, very uh, long and hard. Uh, th- a thesis is a ROPA requirement if you're going to become ROPA qualified, so we felt we should have it. Uh, what we, one thing we've done, which again I don't know how unique this is, is we've structured the program so that in your second year, you uh, hopefully, do you're doing internship in uh, the summer between your first and second year, and hopefully, from that, in the intent, one of the intents of an internship will be to come up with uh, thesis material. And then we will have a series of two courses we have a series of two courses in the, your second year, which are oriented towards guiding the writing of the pieces. Um, so so that people will, you know, have a lot of guidance. And and I think the, the most important things, uh, you know, from my experience in CRM, one of the most important things to learn is how to make how to meet deadlines. And so we're going to try to have a structured you know, a structured approach to that. That will uh you know, uh train people in writing, but also train people in how to organize writing and do it effectively and, you know, meet deadlines.
1: Yeah. All all very important stuff. <laughs> um Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we were actually just talking on our on our cruise today about projects we've been on that were just uh the management was um uh to put it kindly lacking. And and you know it, it really is it really is one of your bigger skills. I mean, you can learn all you want about archaeological theory and all you want about uh, you know anything else, but when it comes down to it, can you manage a large project? Can you manage the not only the people but the budget and the um, you know everything involved with that? You know, can you can you do all that and then come in on time? Because that's really what most people care about uh, in, in your yeah. in your uh, you know in your company. So and your clients, but that's that's the big thing.
2: Yeah. Well, that's about the only thing the clients clear
1: about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Chris, yeah. you wanted a, you had a more specific question on some of the, some of the job skills.
0: Yeah, uh, Randy, all the details uh, of the program so far sound really exciting and interesting. I have a couple questions. One is uh, the intensive uh, internship that accompanies the the thesis component. Um, is that going to mm-hmm. be with Binghamton's? CRM wing, or do you also have uh, CRM firms that you're partnered with to kind of help place uh, the, the grad students?
2: Well, like I said, we have an extensive network of our graduates who are, are very active in CRM. Uh, again, they tend to be in the eastern United States. As, as you well know, CRM tends to be a regional kind of practice. Uh, and we have uh, we have, at the present time, I you know I don't know if I want to see commitments, but expressions of interest might be a good way to put it uh, from at least uh-huh. uh, 20 different uh, firms or agencies uh, wow. for interns. Nice. And and like I said, in terms of placing interns, this is this is something we were already doing. Uh, you know, again, you know, I can't emphasize enough. In many ways, what this program is doing is, is simply formalizing something we've been doing for 30 years
1: you know that that makes me think too what what about your undergrad program um, I mean you've been doing this stuff for thirty years presumably within the context of the undergrad maybe some of the other master's degrees you have I'm not sure but but what what kind of courses and 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 I guess I guess how do I phrase it uh, uh, do you have a, a say crm track almost that somebody could go on as an undergrad uh, and and really focus on At that undergraduate rab- level yeah
2: no, not really. No. Not really. And certainly, okay. uh, students who no certainly students who express an interest as undergraduates, we can advise them and guide them, and uh, okay. you know get them get them what they need and get them a leg up. Uh, but we don't have a formal program. I mean, in your general liberal arts degree, that that doesn't actually work out too well at the <laughs> undergraduate level.
1: Yeah, I didn't I didn't think it would, but you know it sounds like you guys been having these courses for a while, so I wasn't sure if it was bleeding into that program or not. So, no. Mm-mm. Okay, and so I, I think I gathered from earlier too when you were talking about the program that you're generally, you're generally trying to get people out of there within probably two to three years. I assume is the goal.
2: Uh, the goal is two years.
1: Two years. Okay. And you are now. Tell me again, how long has this this particular degree been around?
2: Well, this particular degree is new. New. Nobody's okay. Graduated from it yet?
1: Brand new. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome.
2: But but we've 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 of course taught an MA in anthropology. I mean an MA in anthropology with a specialization in archaeology for many, many years. Right.
1: Right. Awesome. You know, since okay. long before I came here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice.
2: I think one of the things that we, we have to offer, uh, there are uh, a fair number of programs out there now that are in, you know, either uh, well, like university of Arizona has one called Arche- you know, archaeology practice and mm-hmm. whatnot. And uh, there are a number of CRM programs. And I think what makes us, uh a little different than most of them is that they uh, most of the programs tend to be of two types. Either they're at universities that only have an MA program and you know a terminal MA they don't offer a PhD. Yeah. Uh or uh or in some cases uh you if you enroll in the um, in the CRM program, you uh, essentially cannot move to the PhD program. And uh we are uh, integrating this program, this the PhD program. So if someone was to come do a uh, a master's in public archaeology and want to continue on the PhD, oh. it would be quite possible to do. It would not be expected or anything, but it would be quite possible to do. And that would be very different from, like I said, either going to a school that only has an MA program or going to a school, and I won't name any, but I can think of three <laughs> right off the top of my head, where if you enroll in the uh, applied program, Uh, you're not, in fact, allowed to enter the PhD program.
1: Oh, okay.
0: Well, I have a couple other questions about the uh, CRM program. Um, Sure. Speaking from my own experience, uh, I went through a uh, master's, a terminal master's program uh, that was not Mm -hmm. focused on CRM. And I came out of that and I had all of the qualifications to make the next step to a project manager in a CRM firm, and I did that, but along the way, I didn't pick up certain crucial skills like writing proposals or managing budgets or really becoming mm-hmm. uh, better versed in laws or management practices um, or applying mm-hmm. new technology in practical and effective ways. Are those things that uh, this program aims to integrate?
2: Yes, Absolutely uh we did have one key course the CRM, which definitely covers laws and uh, proposal mm-hmm. writing and some and uh and stuff on management we have a heritage course which covers uh, quite a bit on laws and uh you know and also on you know section 106 how the hell you do that that kind of thing um so uh yeah definitely you know we we will be Uh, And we are are all ready and we will be addressing those those kinds of issues. I think one of the keys, though, to any kind of program like this or a career in CRM is you need both the certificate and you need uh, experience. And um, we can, of course, give people the certificate and we can give them a little bit of experience. But in the end, to to move into a management position, you're going to have to have both. So one thing we would really like to do is – Recruit people who have experience and who want to now, you know, are now ready to, to try to move into a, a more management position. Excellent. So I might add too, in terms of new, in terms of new technologies, we've just hired two new faculty. Um, 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 and I say that, and then the and then the names uh, uh, fly on me. That's that's awful. Uh, Carl Lupo, <laughs> Lippo, Lipo, who is uh, who works actually in uh, Easter Island. Okay. But who has extensive experience in North America and who uh, does a lot with the remote sensing and drones and that kind of stuff um, and um so you know and we and we also have a new faculty member who's doing a lot with remote sensing and stuff and so we're going to be adding um we're going to be adding um you know uh practical courses you know based on that to, on on those things. Uh, which will give it, put us in a good position to uh to uh provide uh, provide that kind of up to date training.
0: in crm a weekly podcast ask crm professionals eight simple questions the first questions establish education location and experience the last questions are a reflection of that experience and the answers will surprise you check out the show on itunes stitcher radio and at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles on that page you can also request to be interviewed for the show it only takes 20 minutes and you don't need any special equipment let's get back to the show
1: all right bill bill we had some connectivity issues with bill but he's back now and he's got a couple questions for you go ahead bill
3: I'm always lurking somewhere in the world <laughs> uh this last summer uh, this last summer i taught a field school in boise it was an urban archaeology thing and we actually had, um I, I actually added your uh uh your collaboration with uh, sonia adelaide in uh, transforming archaeology i just added the first chapter mm-hmm. as, as one of the readings for the summer and i mean it it sounds like it's a totally awesome uh a totally awesome uh, approach towards uh, community-based archaeology, at least. And I also am familiar mm-hmm. with your book, Archaeology as Political Action. And I'm just wondering how mm-hmm. some of those so that some of those ideas are, are maybe uh, seeping into the uh, program there at Binghamton.
2: Well, I think that uh, our emphasis on Binghamton has been to do kind of uh, you know uh, community archaeology in a broad sense. This is not just part of my work, but it's been part of, uh, of, you know, most of the faculty's work and trying to do an archaeology that's critically engaged in the uh, the modern world. Um, And I I think that's the thing that we we have well established. And I think it's something that, like I said, we've been training students in CRM for many years. uh, And I think one of the reasons they have succeeded is they have come with a strong sense of of community practice and working you know, with people and doing uh you know kind of an involved archaeology but that's that that's the, i would see that as kind of a theoretical strength that we you know have had in place for some time
3: i definitely think that's a good approach um right now a lot of the work i do is really actually coming from communities so um i'm a mm-hmm. ra with uh, the bureau of applied research and anthropology and so sometimes yep. i'm doing archaeology and other times i'm doing anthropology but it's almost always coming from from
2: Oh, I will.
3: Yeah, Yeah, Actually, she's (laughs) the one who I'm I'm trying to uh, make happy by uh, putting in the midnight oil, actually.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, okay. Uh, Good, good.
3: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, uh, that's that's an excellent approach. I, I mean, I'm just wondering, like, you know, how do we reconcile? Because reading these books and me having those kind of ideas and then I try to bring that to cultural resource management where, you know, they're just really looking at the budget and, and the uh, the GAN chart and saying, well, that's great, but fit it in the next 42 hours, you know, like, uh, you know, how how can we work that kind of stuff in? How can we learn how to work that stuff in?
2: Well, I think you have to. I mean, where I work, where I do my own research, which is the southwestern United States, um, you know, to do uh, any kind of CRM or contract archaeology um, in the traditional sense and not be actively involved with it, people is going to – you're setting yourself up for failure. <laughs> um, in between NAGPRA and other uh, kinds of requirements, uh, you got to know how to do that. Uh, it's not something extra. And in terms in terms of the firms that I'm familiar with and that I work with a lot of here in the Southwest, uh, that's very much part of what they do. I mean, if you look at desert archaeology, West or any number of uh these firms uh major firms in South west uh, working with indigenous communities is an essential part of doing contract archaeology
1: yeah you're right about that I agree absolutely over here in California too is a, it's a pretty big deal,
2: yeah, and that's something that you know again we've uh we've been at for uh, doing for quite a while. So.
0: I think that's incredibly valuable to get from somewhere in the East because, you know, going through undergrad and grad school and most of my CRM career in the East, that was some that was a component that was very much lacking throughout.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I know in upstate New York, uh, Nina, Nina Versace, who is our, who directs our uh, public archeology span uh, facility and who is, you know, part of, of course, part of the SEMA program. Uh she, it's a very long, well established relationship with Hoda And um uh I know we have placed many people uh you know uh, because they had that kind of background and they, they knew how to approach that. Um, so you know, um I, I can't speak for the, all of the East because you know my own field of experience is in the Southwest, which of course is very different, but in upstate New York, uh, working with Hoda seems it has impressed me as being very important.
1: Excellent. Okay. You guys got any more questions for Randy here?
3: Well, I mean, yeah. Th- I think that, uh, so, I mean, I guess maybe my, my hidden motivation, I'm in school now, and I wasn't in school, so it was like a fish that got out of water and breathed air, and now I was trying to actually breathe water again. <laughs> and so I see, all these, <laughs> I see all this stuff happening here at the university, and, and Arizona is an excellent school, you know, and, and it's in, like, the heartland. Of great, um, you know, connected and community-oriented research, but it just seems mm-hmm. like maybe um, those are just shining lights in the the overall scheme of things. You know, working for other companies across the United States, just like uh, uh, Chris Sims talking about, um, it doesn't seem like this kind of connection. I mean, you were saying that if you don't connect, you're in trouble. Well, that's exactly what's happening mm-hmm. with so many companies that I've worked for. They are actually in trouble, or they went out of business or something happened and mm-hmm. they're just not there anymore, you know? And so uh, yeah. I, I see how this is the future, but I also see mm-hmm. how there's a difficult, there's a disconnect between what we're learning in school and this future that we're, you know, going to all walk out into. So um, I guess I'm going to look for strategies on how we can actually, you know, make this more, uh, more of your, your college life so that when you get out, you just think that's how it should be.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, that is definitely important. But, I mean, if you, if you look at Arizona, if you look at Neandas' work with the Blackfoot, or if you look at uh, T.J. Ferguson's long long involvement, uh, or if you talk about desert archaeology, or again, uh, another major firm in the southwest is Paleo West. I mean, all of these places, if they weren't working effectively with indigenous people, they'd have to shut down.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I think
2: that that reality is going to come about uh, independent of what we do. And we have to be prepared yeah. to deal with it
3: yeah yeah you're exactly right and those those firms you noted are definitely you know among the top I, I, I things changed after i moved down here and started doing crm i worked for years in washington and i worked for a good company but it's just it's not the same kind of way that it is down in arizona you know and so uh yeah you know you and i think a certain way but then i talk to other people and they just kind of laugh at us like yeah that's not really how it works in ohio or that's not really what's going on and you know Wisconsin or whatever and I'm just I don't, I don't really know what to say because it's been so long since I worked in another area where it wasn't this way
2: mm-hmm. right well my, most of my you know my personal experience you know you know of course what we do as archaeologists is all very regional and my personal experience is in the southwest uh, and um, <clears throat> you know um, and here um, you know the, the, this is the reality mm-hmm I I can't speak for Wisconsin or Minnesota or <laughs> Washington. <laughs> right. Right. Because I don't work there. <laughs> well,
1: I, I yeah. know I can I can speak a little for California, you know, out here in the West and and like Bill said in Washington state as well, heavy 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 tribal involvement. In fact, it's kind of a surprise if you do a project that doesn't have tribal involvement. That would be an odd thing out here in California. So
2: Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Hello everyone, Chris Webster here from the Archeology span Podcast Network, and we're giving away an iPad Mini 4 to one of our listeners. The iPad Mini 4 came out in September. It's a 16GB space gray iPad with AT&T cellular ready antenna. All that means is it comes with GPS. You do not need to get a data plan, and you don't even need to be on AT&T if you never get a plan to get a data plan. It just has GPS. It also has a fingerprint sensor and Apple Pay ready and all the good perks that come with that. So, it's a good iPad. We use them in the field. There are two easy ways to enter. One, do a Profiles and CRM interview before December fifteenth, two 2015, or recommend someone for an interview. You'll both get an entry once the interview is posted. If you want to know more about Profiles and CRM, go to www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash profiles. All the questions are listed right there. The other way to enter is to like the APN Facebook page and share it with your friends on Facebook to get the word out about our awesome podcasts. The winner will be announced December 16th, 2015 at 4 p.m. Pacific time. So get your entries in, send me those emails for people that want to do the Profiles in Serum podcast, and good luck to everyone. iMac, take us out with a Binary Solo. All right. Well, I want to bring it back to the program a little bit. Um, Randy, is there anything that, that we didn't ask you that uh, that you think listeners should know about the program before they all run off and, and post their applications to you? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I guess the main – well, I guess two things. One is if you want to find the program, the best way is probably Google uh, Binghamton Anthropology, and that will get you to our uh, our webpage.
1: We'll have links to that page in our show notes on the on this podcast episode as well. Oh, great. Yeah,
2: I guess the other thing I'd like to say is that uh, I realize that uh, this would not appeal to most people. Uh, we're in a good position actually to train people who want to work in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. Now I realize that most people in the Southwest are going to go to a Southwest school. Uh, <laughs> but uh, between myself and Ruth Van Dyke, we're very active in the Southwest. We're very well connected with the CRM uh, mm-hmm. programs out here. And so if somebody wanted to do Southwest, uh, at Binghamton, uh, and Binghamton has a long history of doing Southwest archaeology that also goes back to the 70s. People like Bill Light mm-hmm. and Fred Plogg were there. Oh yeah. Uh, and if somebody wanted to do, um, uh, you know, Southwest work, and for some reason wanted to stay in the East, either for family reasons or because they're New York residents or whatever, uh, we could uh, certainly make that happen. Wow.
1: Okay, that's that's really good to know because I I'm assuming, you know, people look regionally for their degrees and we we have actually uh, quite a number of listeners that that work or live in the Southwest that might be interested to hear this, you know, as a as an alternative.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Out of state tuition might be yeah. an issue for them, but, you know, there might be ways around that.
2: Yeah. Well, we, you know, uh we have we currently have you know, in our PhD program, we currently have about 7 or 8 south people working in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. And uh honestly, most of them have uh, some reason that they want to do the Southwest archaeology, but they need to be, you know, again, family or it's where they're from or something. But uh, um, it is it is something, you know, in this new program uh, we could get we can get people internships in the Southwest. We can you know, we can make it happen.
1: You know, that does that does remind me of another question, especially mm-hmm. when you're talking about working in the Southwest um, from from the University of New York the thesis program, you know, for your project or for your thesis topic or whatever you're going to do. Do people do you expect people to um, figure that out when they get there or do you want them to come with something in mind that they want to do and maybe even a data set to work on or permission from a company to work on or do you have something that ties in with some of your work in the southwest or even with the CRM firm at the university? What are the, what are the options for people for their for their thesis project while they're there?
2: I think I would say all of the above. I mean, uh, I've probably uh, I've, at this point, I've supervised like 25 or 30 MA theses, mm-hmm. and probably 15 of them are based on data from our uh, public archaeology facility. Okay. So that that's certainly a possibility. Uh, we would hope that people, uh, you know, in their internship, would gain data. Uh, if somebody comes, like comes from a company, you know, from past experience with something they want to do, uh, that would certainly work. So, so I would say all of the above.
1: All right. Well, like we said at the top of the show, the applications are generally due in uh, the beginning of February. But uh, if you happen to miss that for some reason, but you'll learn that uh, you know they'll they'll take them up through the end of spring. But however, your first lesson in CRM is don't miss that deadline. So,
2: <laughs> <don't, Yeah. laughs> well, the, the one the one thing about the first of February is we do have some very limited funds. Okay. Very limited funds to That's to offer to people, but and and those will be. Um, you know, to, to get those, you'll have to apply for mid by mid
1: away. Outstanding, outstanding. I don't think it sets a good tone if you turn in your first, uh, your first thing that you do for a, for an MA program for a CRM degree, uh, you know, for a CRM focused type of thing, is turn in your application late. That doesn't seem to set a good uh, a good tone. <laughs> not,
2: <laughs> not a good start. No, not a good start.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, sounds good. Um, do you guys have any last minute questions? I think, um, I think we nailed down everything about the program and I think it sounds, um, I think it sounds decent and that you guys have a good, uh, a good thing for people to look into. And I, I like the fact that you can go there and, and it's not essentially strictly regional like you would assume, um, because of the Southwestern component. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It sounds like a well, good connection
1: also...
3: for
0: anyone in the East who wants to get their foot in the door working mm-hmm. in the Southwest. That's, A rare opportunity for
3: people in the East. It's a very rare opportunity.
1: That's a good point because it's notoriously difficult to get into the Southwest if you didn't go to school there.
2: Well, you got to have connections and we have connections. Outstanding. (laughs) 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 Nice.
1: All right, Randy, I think that's going to do it. Um, We're going to end it here, but check the show notes for this podcast for links to the program at Binghamton university. And like I said before, if you plan on doing this, don't, don't delay, you know, get your application in now. And, and I would honestly say if funding is an issue for you, with, which it is for everybody, um, and you're worried about loans and stuff like that, figure that part out later. Get your application in, get, get it going, get that out of the way. And then if you get accepted, then you can start worrying about money probably for the rest of your life. But worry about that later. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for another episode of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. Links to some of the items mentioned on the show are in the show notes for this podcast, which can be found at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash Podcast. If you like the show and want to comment, please do. You can leave comments about this or any other episode on the website or on the iTunes page for the episode. You can also email me at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com or use the contact form on the podcast webpage. If you'd like us to answer a question on a future episode, email us, use the contact form on the website, or tweet your questions with the hashtag CRMARC Podcast, or you can tag at arcpodnet in your tweet. Please share the link to the show wherever you saw it. If you share CRM archaeology-related items on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else for that matter, be sure to use the hashtag CRMARC so the community can see and comment. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. You can also type the name of the podcast into your favorite podcasting app and subscribe that way. Don't forget to go over to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It helps us get noticed so more people can find our podcast and benefit from the content also send us show suggestions and interview suggestions we want this to be a resource for field technicians everywhere and we want to know what you want to know about also please consider donating to the archaeology podcast network your donations help fund our bandwidth and contribute to our editing costs. thanks to everyone for joining me this week thanks also to the listeners for tuning in and we'll see you on the field goodbye take it easy adios bye